Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. North.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, all right. Mackie and Judd with Rami back to the Minnesota State Fair here. Another hour on this Thursday. We're going to be live 4 to 6 tomorrow and also on Monday, Labor Day. In fact, all of Score North will be live from noon until 6 on both uh, Friday and Labor Day. And uh, the fried food challenge went terribly for Rami. That was not he good. He whiffed on spam curds. And <laughs> lucky for batty. Cheryl Reeve, there's extra spam curds if you're <laughs> I'm interested. I'm excited about that, especially the jalapeno one. That, that sounds really appealing. That's a great first impression. <laughs> you walking up and me blindfolded and having spam curds. I was like, what mouth. is nice happening? to meet you. Right? Are they going to do that to me? <laughs> the look, they the look just on, keep walking. <laughs> the look on your face was fantastic. You turned the corner, looked at Rami, and were like, this can't be the what station. What am I getting myself this into? Can't be what are they doing to him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nine consecutive years playoffs, and I guess my, my question to you is, you lose Hall of Fame players, you, Maya, Lindsay, and um, it, it, it must have been an amazing personal challenge to take on to say, you and the organization to say, all right, what's our next evolution? It feels very San Antonio Spurs-like to lose star players and Hall of Famers and just go back to the playoffs again. Well, that's the highest compliment you could pay us, uh, you know, because we've, u- we've used the San Antonio Spurs, uh, you know, kind of as an example uh, with our players and the, the longevity aspect of it. Four championships in seven years. A lot of sacrifices made uh, for that group. And then, like you said, what happens when Tim Duncan retires or now Tony Parker's gone? Can you still be uh, competitive in a playoff team? And that was our mission, you know, to make sure that, you know, okay, maybe you're not going to talk about us as, as a uh, – a title contender right away, uh, but we're going to be there at the end. You're not going to want to play us at the end, and that, that was kind of our mission to try to you know, get this team you know, uh, from a roster standpoint set in a way that anybody that's here uh, will be here for the coming years. You know, we were really selective about who those players were in free agency, um, and then obviously the draft. You know, we felt like we, you know, we, we did pretty well. We had you know, obviously an injury uh, to Jess Shepard, who I think you all would just love the way she plays. Um, you know, so we'll have her next season. Kareem of Christmas Kelly, you know, I was a free agent that five other teams wanted uh, that we landed. We couldn't get her healthy. So that's we're doing this without, uh, you know, those two players that were going to be a big part of what we were doing. Um, you know, Odyssey Sims, you know, that trade fell in our laps. Um, you know, it was it was obviously uh, pretty impactful uh, in terms of the way she's played. She's had one of her better seasons of her career. And, uh, and then Sylvia Fowles. Anytime you have Sylvia Fowles, we think we have a chance to be competitive. So th- this question is going to sound really weird be- be- because your team's had so much success, uh, Cheryl, and had so many good players previously. But as a coach and executive, in some ways, is this sort of fun because it is a challenge of re- 
putting the pieces of the puzzle back together, and the previous pieces are gone. And, you know, some teams don't do well with, with that. But is there sort of a fun challenge in trying to do that and keep things going and instead of saying, well, you know, the next two years are just not going to be playoff years? Right. It, it depends on how you look at it. And, and, you know, I have a pretty strong support system around me. Uh, you know, there were days that you, you kind of go, you know, good Lord, is there, you know, a pretty tall, tall order in front of us? And, uh, you know, you start to look at it, and it's just like anything in life, you know, that, that I'm sure all of you have been through. Uh, you have people that prop you up. You have pr- uh, people that tell you you can do it. And so, you know, I had that, and, and, and I, I have a pretty strong will. Uh, anybody that's around me knows that um, when, I, when I look around and I see our opponents um, kind of cheering the demise of the Minnesota Lynx, that's motivating to me. Uh, they're waiting uh, for the day that, you know, the dynasty falls, so to speak. So that was incredibly motivating to me to say, it's not happening, not on our watch. Uh, Glenn Taylor deserves better. Um, you know, of course we had discussions about, you know, what is the future, where are we going, what do we want to do? We said we want to remain competitive. We don't, we don't want to, you know, hey, play for the draft. You know, we don't want to do that. We just, we just, um, that's hard for me. I, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not built like that. Um, and so it was a challenge. And, you know, the fun of it is to see the ones that joined you um, kind of blossom and take on the culture of the Minnesota Lynx. That's been really fun. Obviously, when we've, been, we've had success in games, it's really fun to see. It's really been fun to see our fans embrace this new team and talk about how much they like uh, these players. Of course, you know, we miss Lindsey Whalen uh, and Rebecca Brunson. And my, of course, we miss uh, those players. But this group that's here, you know, is kind of like, hey, but we're still here. You know, and, and um, you know, I, I've enjoyed the way that they've grown together throughout the course of the season. You mentioned that people might count you out or look past you because of the changes and the turnover in the off season. Are you ever at all surprised by how quickly this all came together, given how much turnover there was and how much work there was to do to get to get back to being a well, not even back, but to stay a successful basketball organization? Yeah, you know, uh, even even when we had you know the players that we've mentioned uh, in the past, I never knew what the journey was going to be. I never knew how many games we were going to win and how many games we were going to lose. You just didn't have an idea. Uh, it was hard, you know, when you're picked every year to be the best. It's hard, you know, to do that. This is a different kind of a challenge. Uh, and honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I, I just didn't know. I just knew that we were going to work every day. Um, probably now more than ever, we talked about improving every day. You know, the other group was a little bit different. We tried to keep them motivated. This group is more about let's look to let's look to tomorrow. What, what do we want to be tomorrow? You know, we play a game. Okay, let's be better tomorrow and just kind of take that step of of improving, which is which is different than I think than the last group. Uh, Cheryl Reeves hanging out with us here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami live at the Minnesota State Fair. Score North and the Score North mobile app as well. Who are, I, I, I feel like um, if we were to rank sports leaders in this town, the majority of fans would rank you one or two. I want to know, who are the people that you look at in sports and outside of sports as great leaders? Are there people that you've learned from? Are there people that you study? Yeah, I would say that uh, for the earlier part of my career, it was probably confined to the basketball world. Um, you know, maybe you read books, you know, that sort of thing. Obviously, you know, uh, Pat Summit uh, was an idol uh, for my generation. Uh, still remains, you know, the, the uh, kind of the pinnacle of success. Certainly Gino Ariema, I've had a chance to be around Gino. But I think, you know, in this market, I've really enjoyed being able to reach out to brother teams. 
and and have conversations, you know, whether it's with that over with the twins or Rick Spielman, who, you know, brought me into uh, sort of what I call like this power group, uh, like a think tank uh, of all these leaders. And so I've really branched out um, because leadership is leadership, regardless of what you're doing, whether it's a CEO of a company or whether it's a sports team. And so I've really gotten into that. Um, you know, you take from I want to know more about analytics. You know, baseball is just so immersed into analytics and uh, how can we better, you know, uh, make our selections uh, in draft and in free agency. And, and uh, you know, obviously I'm fans of those teams too, so that makes, mm-hmm. that makes it fun. Um, but overall, I'd, I'd say we have peers in the game. You know, Bill Lambeer was a mentor to me. Um, not anymore. He's a foe now. But, uh, <laughs> now you hate him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great player, too. Yeah, He's yeah. a fun player to yeah. watch. Just ask him, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, he's, he's a good dude. He was, he was really loyal to me, uh, helped me get the, the Minnesota job. But, um, but, yeah, I'd say that, you know, for me, there's, I just have respect for uh, people that, you know, like, like a, from afar, like a Popovich who can, you know, 20 plus years just be successful. I think when he first came onto the scene, I thought, who the heck is this guy? You know, if you remember that, like he came out of the front office and, yeah. and said, I'm the coach. Uh, and I just didn't think it would, it would go as well as it did for him. And obviously he's, he's uh, set the gold standard. Do you, did you, I, I, forgive me for the clunkiness of this question, but when your name was being bandied about as, as a potential, could she make the jump to the NBA? Is that patronizing to you? Do you, do you, would you, or, or, sh- or should that be viewed less as a jump and more as lateral or um, otherwise? I think it's the reality of it. Um, the reality of it is, is that the NBA uh, is a higher league uh, than the WNBA, says, says the, you know, the, the pay and mm-hmm. uh, just the opportunities, the resources, all of that. Um, so I don't, I don't look at the way I used to. Um, you know, five, seven years ago, you know, it would be, you know, why would I want to do that? I don't see it as a jump. Um, and I don't necessarily see it as a jump in terms of my coaching profession, uh, but certainly in terms of, uh, you know, the, the living you can make uh, on the men's side of things. The, women, the women's game's not there. We're growing. Uh, I've gone back and forth with that. I think that, uh, again, five or seven years ago, I'd say the women's game needs me in it. Uh, I can't leave. I can't jump ship. Uh, that'd be the wrong thing to do. Uh, and I think I've evolved in that mindset to say this is actually opening more doors for women. And so... You know, those are the things that we should be looking to do when we get the opportunity. There's obviously a lot of a lot of women being hired into the NBA. Um, I, I'm anxious for a woman to be hired as a leader, uh, and not for it just to be uh, an add-on to a staff. Um, you know, it, it's great that we've taken the step. And who made that step? Popovich. Popovich made it safe because um, no one else wanted to be first uh, to do it, yeah. right? And, and I know Adam Silver is at the, is at the front of this charge to, um, you know, diversity and inclusion and what this league is about, what the NBA is about, the WNBA is about, the G League is about. Uh, and I think it's a tremendous – we're going to look back on his time uh, in forging the way uh, for opportunities, uh, leadership roles for people of color, uh, and then obviously uh, women getting more opportunities. We're going to look at this 20 years from now and say he was a pioneer. Uh, because it's going to be everywhere, uh, maybe not football, but it's going to be everywhere else. You know, I think yeah. you know football is so antiquated in, in the way that they think. Um, but that, you know, men's sports is the only place that women aren't leading. You know, we can be CEOs, we can be presidents of university, we can be president of the United States, we can be generals in the military, but we're not leading in men's sports. And so that's that that nut. I think I think will be cracked here soon. You brought up women in the NFL, and there's a story right now that's making headlines: Carly Lloyd, the U.S. women's soccer player, who was hitting 55-yard field goals and making it look easy in Ravens camp a couple weeks ago. Teams saw that and have expressed interest, and she's going to explore it. Are the Vikings one of them? uh, Probably will be if they're not already. They should have been if they aren't. They've got some kicking problems. (laughs) I'll help you with that one. (laughs) And the question has come up not whether or not she can do it, because that will be bared out 
on the field and whether or not she can hit a field goal with 11 guys running at her right. and trying to and stop time her from making a field off. goal. Yep. Right. Yep. But the question has come up of it's obviously a very physical sport. Field goals or extra points can go wrong, and then she becomes a defender, and, and she's somebody who, A, is expected to go and try and tackle somebody to whatever level you expect oh, a kicker you're, to you're go going, you're, you're, you're going someone. back 40 years. <laughs> when, this is what we said 40 years ago about, right. about women. We right. couldn't play full-court basketball right. because it was too strenuous and it might hurt us. So, uh, you know, women are, women are strong, and I'll tell you what, we're mentally tough. Um, if a woman wants to play sports, uh, it's not for a guy to decide whether it's going to be too and, rough for right, us. And that's not the question I was yep. going to ask, but should that happen and a guy levels her and lays her out, that's just that's just part of the game, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. The same way the guy would get leveled. But Absolutely. From, from the optics of it, do you think that's how it will be seen widely, that people will be okay with a 300-pound man laying out a woman on a football field? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, if a woman is, is to play, uh, if that's something that's going to be the opportunity there, then, then uh, treat us exactly the same. That's what my dad did for me. I mm -hmm. had two brothers. Uh, he didn't say to them, you can't hit her as hard as she's going to hit you. We played football. Right. You know, and I beat them. I beat them up, and they beat me up. Uh, my dad treated me the, exactly the same. Expectations were the same. Uh, and so I think that's exactly what we need to do for women. Let us decide. Right. Um, and so, you know, the optics of it, who? You know, the NFL fans? Um, you know, again, that's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a societal uh, kind of image or societal norm. Uh, but I think if Carly Lloyd wants to get out there, then, then she's, you know, if she's going to get laid out, she's going to get laid out. Uh, and it shouldn't be about the guy, you know, that, that's hit her. It shouldn't be about, that. It shouldn't be about optics. Uh, it's about Carly Lloyd being a football player in the National Football League. And, and that's what should the, uh, the focus should be. Cheryl Reeve, thank you so much for hanging out guys. with us. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate you. Great. Uh, appreciate yeah. you. Again, I mean, last offer, the jalapeno-infused spam curds How are there the for the taking. How about the Martha's cookie? I think yeah. you're going to have to have some I had both, and I'd recommend a cookie. Take a cookie. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Cheryl Reeve, Link's going to the playoffs for the ninth straight season. And we'll come back here with a cram session led by Declan, who I don't think is as corrupt as Jonathan, but we'll find out when we come back here. The winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Chud, and Rami. Yeah, it's a cram session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. But Declan, I don't know if you've got the breaking news sounder there or not at your disposal. But uh, I'm looking at a bit of breaking news from our old buddy Andrew Kramer, oh now of the Star Tribune. I don't know what happened. Dateline, Buffalo, NY. Looks like we may have a Kyle Sloter start for the Vikings in Buffalo tonight. Wow. What, is what does that mean? That Are they showcasing him? Or, that, that means, <laughs> or he jumped Sean Mannion? That means last year, Trevor Simeon, who was the backup, the clear backup, started the fourth preseason game and then gave way, I believe, eventually to Sloter. Yet, uh, a couple days ago, Zim would not reveal a starting quarterback. All you know, The assumption was, oh, it's going to be Mannion. He's going to start, and then they'll, he'll give way to Slaughter. Well, according to Kramer, from what he's seeing, Kyle Slaughter might get the start. I don't know what it means. It's just interesting. Okay. Or is it just <laughs> that, like, it's the fourth preseason game? I don't know. I'm just saying it's not. The Vikings standard operating procedure is the backup starts this game, and Kyle Slaughter is starting. It's just interesting. Well, this transitions perfect to cram session because one of my right. questions is about this. Thank you, Judd. Appreciate well, it. Pro's pro. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, who will win <laughs> the backup quarterback job for the Vikings, Slaughter or Mannion? We'll start with uh, Judd. Go ahead, Judd. Give me a reason. 
Okay, you know what? I am going to I'm going to take the information that uh, young Andrew Kramer uh, tweeted from Buffalo, and I'm going to ignore it completely. And I'm going to say that the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, or I'm sorry, the backup QB, is going to be Sean Mannion. He's a veteran. Yes, he only has one start. But in my heart of hearts, I cannot see Mike Zimmer putting himself through a situation where uh, Kyle Sloter, who's been the third quarterback for the last couple of years, jumps Mannion, is the backup. If Cousins, who, by the way, has spent his career basically being healthy, which means the odds odds are it's going to catch up to him at some point, and then Mannion's not the guy, Mike's the type of guy who likes veterans, right? He likes guys who he feels comfortable with in backup roles, can step in and know what they're going to do. He, he honestly, as a backup, loves a guy like Case Keenum because he thinks to himself, Case Keenum knows the game, he's been around it. Uh, so, despite what we're going to see tonight in Buffalo, I am going to say that Sean Mannion is the backup quarterback to Kirk Cousins a week from Sunday in U.S. Bank Stadium, Rami. I'm going to say it's also Sean Mannion because I got the distinct impression hearing Mike Zimmer talk about Kyle Sloter last week that Mike Zimmer is not impressed, nor does he very much like Kyle Sloter and doesn't really want him to be on the football field at any time for his football team because he knows what we all know, which is that these snaps against third and fourth stringers in these preseason games mean nothing. Mike Zimmer sees him on a day-to-day basis in practice, and uh, I think we would all say he did not sound impressed by what he sees from Kyle Sloter on a day-to-day basis in practice. That's why I'm saying it will be Sean Mannion because of the words of the head coach, Mike Zimmer. Come on, Mackie. It's Sean Mannion. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, it, put it this way. Mike Zimmer is the head coach of this football team. Mike Zimmer clearly doesn't think Kyle Sloter is very good at things that are important. Or he wouldn't have said what he said last week. Like football, maybe. So unless Rick Spielman comes unless Mike Zimmer had a change of heart, was bluffing, which I don't think Mike Zimmer is capable of bluffing. Yeah. I think he mostly just like turns his cards over and says, here, like, I'm going to play the hand and you can know what it is. Uh, or Rick Spielman shoves a move down his throat uh, without any negotiation, I think it's Sean Mannion. So I don't, I, I mean, you'd know better than I would about what this means. Does it, if, does this mean that Sloter's going to play the first half and Mannion's going to play the second half? Does it mean that they're going to literally put Sloter out there for four quarters no, and showcase no. him? No, my guess is that uh, Sloter's going to play uh, a good portion of the first half, Mannion's going to replace him, and then is Jake Browning, they, they gave Jake $150,000 to sign. So I would imagine that he's going to see some time as well as the third QB. It's just interesting if Sloter starts because it does fly in the yeah. face of what they ordinarily do in this game. How does that work? So they give a guy $150,000 to sign who very clearly isn't going to make the roster, right? Like Jake Browning's not going to make the roster. Right. Uh, unless. Right. No, like, he's not going to make the roster. So, But he can go sign with any practice squad he wants to. He so isn't can, that kind of a weird? But they probably think by, by giving him... A, one hundred fifty thousand dollars and keeping him. He'll stick in the he'll system. He'll stick and here, and then and then because on Sunday when, when the cuts are made, or this this uh, weekend when the cuts are made, the market becomes so flooded that teams basically panic about their own players and trying to re-sign their guys, and so the Vikings will probably go to Browning, overpay him a little bit to stay on the practice squad. Yeah, it's a great gig. I would love that gig. Oh man, one hundred fifty k. That'd be sweet. That sounds to do Slaughter nothing. Sloter made the the year that the um, that the Broncos cut Sloter and tried to resign him to their practice squad, and the Vikings swooped in. They paid Sloter twenty thousand dollars a week. Yeah, just he was to sit on the practice. He squad. was the highest paid practice squad player, wasn't he? I think yeah. he was. It was insane. That'd uh, be awesome. I'm gonna Somebody give pay me twenty thousand a week to just to sit there, basically show up and not work. Yeah, that's oh, how much man. I make in a year, and well, that's what I do every day. You have to hold a clipboard and you that's have to watch true. film. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's what, it's what I do every day, and it's how much I make in a year. So, yeah, that sounds... I'm almost there. I'm almost there. 20000 a week to be decked. Yeah, around. yeah. Uh, I'm going to give my point to Rami, because he made a great point that Zim just doesn't like this guy, and he's a head case. So, Rami, you get the point. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you Josh welcome. Declan. Appreciate All right. It. I'm not corrupt. Okay, uh, when, when you're... So, my That's second question... When you're a graduate of the St. Cloud State University who doesn't just admit anybody, they admit everybody, you don't really appreciate the Gophers. So I want to hear why the Gophers will win the Big Ten West this year. I'm I think this, ha- this has to start with Phil Max. Yeah, sure. this has to start with Phil. I mean, let's, let's, let's go down the list. First of all, the di- your, your division wins, your, uh, your division win standings are based on conference record, not division record. Um, and so, because you don't play Ohio State, you don't play Michigan State, you don't play Michigan, you have a really good chance of finishing with a good conference record. And 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 I, and I would I would also pair that with the fact that they're bringing back so many starters, third year of a system. You've got NFL players on offense. I think they might have two NFL wide receivers starting for them. They're going to put up points. So combine offense getting better, defense was much better in the second. Uh, well, the last like three games, anyways. But that Joe Rossi, year. once he took over as DC, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And they have one of the weaker schedules you're going to get if you're the Gophers. There's no clear cut. I-, I would feel differently if Wisconsin had their classic three three NFL players on offensive line and two NFL running backs and like a th- uh, a quarterback who is going to be a clipboard holder in the NFL for a long time. But they don't. Wisconsin's not a powerhouse. I mean, Chip said it best yesterday. There's about five teams you could make a legitimate case for in that division alone, and uh, the Gophers are definitely one of them. So, I mean, that was essentially going to be my case. It's wide open. The, the The division isn't that good, and Minnesota seems to be as strong as the program has been in, in a few years. I wasn't following Minnesota football all that closely because even covering Wisconsin – I didn't need to cover or pay very much attention to the Minnesota football program all that closely in my, in my previous stop in my radio career. That seems to have changed. The division seems wide open, so I, th- I think they, they have a chance. I'm going to go backwards, uh, work this backwards a little bit, too, from what uh, we talked about with Scoggins on yesterday's show as well, which is the favorite in the Big Ten West would probably be the Hawkeyes, but Iowa's schedule is incredibly tough. The Gophers and Nebraska both have very favorable schedules. Nebraska's got a really good quarterback and a really good young coach. But what's the difference that tips the scale possibly for the Gophers? Nebraska has to play here. The Gophers don't don't have to go there. As Phil said, you've got Bateman and Johnson receivers. Johnson, for sure, if not both of them are going to play on Sundays. You've got potentially within the next few weeks, not one, not two, but three guys uh, who can all run the football successfully. So if one gets hurt again, it's not a huge deal. Your line is improved. You've got a massive right tackle. Your quarterback might not be fantastic, but he's got enough weapons around him, including some potential at tight end that he can move the ball around. And the defense might not be great, but you know what? They've got defensive ends. They've got a guy like Coughlin, and if Antoine Winfield Jr. comes back and plays an entire year, watch out. That kid is good. But I think the Gophers definitely have an advantage here in the sense that schedule-wise, they have a favorable schedule. The Hawkeyes don't, and getting Nebraska here might be important. Uh, you were asking what the plan is behind Kyle Sloter tonight, Phil? Yes. Uh, Chris Thomason is reporting that Sean Mannion will not play tonight. That means no. he's the number two starter. Okay. Kyle right. Slaughter gets the yes. first Vikings preseason start in his second career preseason. So it's so solidified that not even gonna... Mannion's got the job. Yeah. 
But the, but the, the, it, was, it, it was fun for five minutes there. That maybe Slaughter had jumped <laughs> it's over. It's still Mannion. interesting. But it tells you if they're not playing Sean Mannion tonight, it means they've got their number one and number two starting quarterbacks, and Kyle Slaughter is just out there. To or they're five. sending Mannion to the Colts for a first round pick. Don't you think Kyle Slaughter is more likely to get like five first round picks based on all the? Is all it the five charters? or six? I think, think it's up to six now. Actually, before Declan gives a point, did we all answer? Or did I think we yep, did? Well, yeah. did. I'm going to pick the Gopher schedule real quick here. Okay? Go for it. Yep. I've, just, I've got it open here. I'm going to go game by game. I'm just going to give you off the top of my head what I think is going to happen. Okay. South Dakota State tonight, that's a win, obviously. Fresno State's been a little bit pesky. Like, Fresno State's not just a complete pushover. Their quarterback's road game. gone, though, right? Uh, but they're going to win that game. They're going to win that game. Yep. And they'll beat Georgia Southern at home. So a 3-0 start. Yep. I'm going to say they get tripped up at Purdue. So we're going to get, we're going to get the pitchforks out after the first Big Ten game. A trip up at Purdue. But then they're going to beat Illinois at home. Mm-hmm. They'll beat Nebraska at home. They'll win at Rutgers. They'll win at home against Maryland. I'm going to say back-to-back losses, home against Penn State, uh, number 15 in the preseason rankings, and, uh, and at Iowa, I'll say that's a loss. But then they close out by beating Northwestern on the road, and they beat Wisconsin at home to go 9-3 and overall. And what's my math there? 6-3 and in the division. So depending on tiebreakers, 6-3 and in the division might get you the division. Interesting. I, so, I, especially I like if you beat if you beat Wisconsin and you beat uh, Nebraska, so I'm gonna, the Iowa loss is, t- is a tough one. I'm, 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 I'm nine and three. I'm gonna have to give the point to Mackey. He just literally broke it down, and, he, and he's the number wait, one. Wait, rah, rah, yeah. wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. What? On behalf of of my partner here, Mackey, hey, you, you could have picked the schedule. You, ju- you could have picked the schedule. He jumped yeah, back you, in. Yeah, that's after. fine. Yeah, you don't get to do wrong, closing arguments wrong, and then do closing arguments rules. again. Have I, you ever watched Law and Order? I allowed it. Cram session. I allowed the, it. I am this, the judge. This was he's, he's, he is corrupt. I this told is the you. Equivalent of a guy running out of his corner in between exactly. rounds, punching his opponent. No, he got up and, and, then, gave, and then getting points. He gave for the closing round. arguments well, that would, and then said, yeah, "And one more thing, I'd exactly. like to give another closing yeah. argument." Well, and the judge allows it. Well, that would make. said he's not. That would make boxing more entertaining. So I'd be much more interested in that. And a sham Declan. And a mockery. It's a Travis Sham mockery. Wow. Declan, yep. you you cool. are as corrupt as Jonathan, maybe worse. Hmm. We'll see about that. I don't know. I, don't, I got I don't the agree point, though. Yeah, yeah, you got the point, say, though, Phil. Declan, I'm not going to say that until I find out if I won after the third question. Okay, you got it. Yep. Hold on, hold on. We got two gopher fans here. Nine and three. I'm saying nine and three. You guys good with nine and three? Eight or good? more, okay. right? All right. I mean, like, even yeah, if they, that's I think yeah. Even if they lose, if they lose to Nebraska, lose to Penn State, Iowa, um, and lose to if they just lose to the ranked it's like team, the not they're still been, yet. They're trying four. to get another point. You're trying to get still throwing punches. It's yeah. eight wins minimum for the Gophers. Nine wins. We're cowered in the corner. We're like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> no moss. Oh my gosh! All right, last question. We kind of touched on this in the first segment, but who starts Game One of the ALDS for the Twins? Rami, you start. Jose Barrios. And my answer is going to be real simple. Perfect. And there's no... there's wait, no. Wait. Is it who should or who will? Who should. Okay. And I'm going to say Jose Barrios. My answer is going to be simple. My explanation is going to be simple and better than anybody else's. Because Glenn Perkins said so. Boom. Done. Next person. <sighs> you are mm. you are Rami McLeod, what I like to call P-squared, Perkins puppet. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to give you an answer. Where's yeah? Where's where? Where's his hand at? That's what I want to know. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you an answer that comes not from Glenn Perkins, not from Jeff Reardon, not from Rick Aguilera or Ron Davis. It comes from me, Eddie Gordado. Come, yeah, yeah, exactly. No twins closer. Ivan Cohn. This comes from me, John Roush. John Roush. Jesse Crane. Hey, question for you. More tattoos. 
Alex Boone or John Roush? John Roush. Oh, really? By a lot? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because Alex is... Well, Alex, Alex Boone, is more tatted up Alex than I thought. Boone looks like he like he is a tattoo. Like he's just a walk. Well, he's got tattoo. the che- it's on the chest too. I it's said, on the yeah. Chest. Let's he? just say that yeah. uh, I, I covered the Twins beat in those days, which means you saw them naked. Yeah. Does, John does, Roush has more tattoos. Does Alex? <laughs> does wow. Alex Boone only wear sleeveless jackets and shirts? Does he? Does he not own you know, a single back T-shirt? When guys built like us. Yeah. Alex and I. Oh, I, I thought mean, you were talking about you and I. No, no. Me and Alex Boone, because we're like twins. We walk around. Yeah, really we walk are. around the state fair here. People can't even tell us apart. No. Wow. I mean, when the sun's out, the guns are out. Guns come out, yeah. man. Right. It's just how it is. Okay. It's just how it is when you're built like us. I'm gonna guess if you're built like Alex Boone, the sun doesn't even need to be. Out. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's not a that's not a sun's, guns sun's out. out, guns out. That's a guns out and it's raining. <laughs> Might be pouring. Guns out. Tornado. Guns out. All right. So I so th- this question is based on right now. Correct, Declan. Correct. Okay, I'm going to stick with my answer from yesterday's twin show and the start of Mackie and Judd with Rami today. Michael Pineda, 2.87 ERA, six and one in his last nine starts since June 27th. Oda Rizzi has in- improved as well, but here's my goal. My goal is to start is to make the best case for the guy I think is going to, to give me the best chance. And as I explained before. The formula that we saw on Tuesday, which I think is a workable formula, is I'm not asking Pineda to go seven. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, catch lightning in a bottle, big guy, and go eight. I'm looking for him to go, let's say, five or six. I'm looking then to go to what I what, – the reason, the only moves I made where I really strengthened myself on July 31st were in the bullpen. So I want to, in game one, utilize those moves. I want to go from a guy who's been a hot pitcher in Pineda, and then I go to Dyson, I go to Duffy, I go to Romo, so obviously two of the three guys that I've acquired, I'm now through the eighth inning, and Rogers in the ninth. So right now, to me, that makes the most sense, and I'm also going to people that I acquired at the deadline to strengthen my team. All so, right. Listen carefully to my answer here. Okay. okay. I don't, I don't want, oh, I don't want to be con- mis- misconstrued. Judd says that all the time. Listen carefully. Carefully. If you're not listening. You morons who don't understand my sports (laughs) intellect is the way that Judd would phrase it. Look at Robbie just shaking his head. Hey, we're on the same side here. We got screwed. I know. I know. Let's see what Declan does here because I obviously have the best answer. We'll see what Declan does. The question is who should start game one of an ALDS series for the Minnesota Twins? Yes. And the answer is their best starting pitcher. And I think if I had to make that decision right now today... It would be Michael Pineda. But I think at the end of September, it'll be Jose Barrios again. I think he's going to get back on track in September. Therefore, I think he will be their best starting pitcher again. Therefore, I think it will be Jose Barrios in game one. But if I had to make the decision, gun to the head right now, hey, the ALDS game one is tomorrow night, and everyone's on full rest. Tomorrow night, I'm picking Michael Pineda. In a month from now, I think it's going to be Jose Barrios. Okay. So I, I've I've read I've heard all your answers I've took I've taken down notes I don't know if Jonathan takes down notes I take down notes to make sure that wow. I'm really getting the information correct here because that's my kind of judging. You and notice I, how I've just covered like all scenarios so that I'm just yeah right, and I'm you, just didn't right answer, really you didn't really answer, answer the question because the question was based on right now. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to give my point to Judd. Judd gets the point for Michael you know. Pineda. It's right now. I would I have I have to go with I have to go with Judd. Right thing happened right Also, there, I think he would kick me off as his co-host of a hockey show if I, I didn't give him a point. I last time. Phil wouldn't let me. But we now have a tie. Now we have a three-way tie. We have a tie. Yeah. Did you prepare a tiebreaker? Well, I have a unique question. All right. <laughs> Is this a trivia question? or No. 
No, you shouldn't have drank so much last night, Deck. Well, that's kind of how I'm leaning into this. Yes, uh, I want to know a time where, in a circumstance where you were hungover in an inconvenient location. <laughs> like uh, in front of a board? Maybe. Wow. I'm just curious. Okay. A t- a really, or just a really bad hangover. I don't know. All right, I got one. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, I, I've been to... I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the name of this place. I don't even remember what the name of the place was, but... I went to a bachelor party in the Wisconsin Dells like nice. 10 years ago, shortly after college. And I've, I've probably done that like three times where it was like the same group of friends would go, go to Wisconsin Dells and you have a, you rent out one of those log cabins and yeah, you nice. get after it, right? Probably up till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Had to check out by like 10 or 11. You're just, you're not right. <laughs> Seven hours after, after going to bed after a, a long day and night, right? And... Uh, I felt so guilty and uncomfortable driving. Like, I, I, I was guilty because I'm like, I feel like I probably shouldn't be driving, even though it's been like seven hours. I pulled off into some random, weird, like, um, like resort motel, like shady, like Norman Bates motel area. <laughs> and I slept in my car for two hours in the middle of Wisconsin. And you lived to tell about it? Wow, yeah. Woke up. No Ed Gein? And drove home. I thought that was uh, a, so pulling yeah. into a shady motel, I almost I almost thought about getting wow. a room so that I could like sleep on a bed, but I just realized I can't continue driving. I'm either going to fall asleep or who knows, and uh, and so I pulled into the parking lot of a shady motel and took a two hour nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I once hosted my Saturday afternoon radio show that I did down in Milwaukee before I got the afternoon show. Uh, with a bucket next to me, Declan. Oh I posted God. the entire show <laughs> with a bucket next to me, and literally mid-segment, while a guest was, t- I asked a question. Guest was talking. No, you didn't. Turned off my mic and Wait, let it. And phone oh guest or studio? God. Phone guest. Okay, thanks. And just <laughs> let it go. And by the time he was done answering, I was done throwing up and just proceeded to ask the next question. I'm a professional broadcaster, guys. That's under impressive. Any circumstance. <laughs> that is impressive. Yes. So that is that's my story. All right. Well, Judd has a million of them, but I want just one. Judd, here, here, give me yours, Judd. Um. So it was two. What, what was it? The first year of uh, fifteen hundred ESPN Phil. The first year you were here. Or the, no, uh, the first year ever. So two thousand ten. I was still at the Star Tribune. I'm at the Combine. Pelissero is there for fifteen hundred ESPN at the Combine in Indianapolis covering the Vikings. Well, we hit a bar the night, uh, it, so the combine gets underway media-wise in earnest on Thursday. I get there on Wednesday. Tom gets there on Wednesday as well. Not surprisingly, we go out and get some drinks and then decide to hit a bar where, of course, the National Football League world is is descending. We meet up with some former Vikings coaches at that time, proceed to have a few drinks, proceed to have a few more drinks. The next thing I know, it's about 3 a.m. The next thing I know after that is is I agreed to meet Tom in the lobby at, like, eight o'clock my phone is ringing i wake up i'm like hello tom's like are you ready so i had to go take a shower come downstairs and work the entire day at the combine either still semi-drunk and or and or hung over to a point where it's just one of those ones where you're like i've got to push through so it's not so you you don't even feel bad for yourself because it's all your own fault yep so like you just sit there and you work and you're just like okay it's gonna be six o'clock eventually you know uh, i once saw tom pelicero is a bleeping warrior when it comes to this stuff I was at Tom and I went out during the 2010 Viking season to uh, to to go to the Packers Vikings game at Lambeau Field. It was an afternoon game or a night game or something, 
And so we, it, it, was, it was a late enough start time where we could go out the night before. But he had some sort of 5.30 or it must have been like a 6 o'clock in the morning national radio hit with ESPN Radio where they call him. And, but it was super early in the morning after we had been out till like 2 o'clock. So I'm sleeping on the couch. And Tom's like sleeping on the floor in the living room. We crashed at one of his old roommate's places in Green Bay. So it's, it's pitch black still. And I heard his phone ring once. And then I heard his phone ring a second time. And he just reaches over, face down on this sleeping bag, goes, <laughs> hello? <laughs> Silence. Okay, yeah. And I'm watching this like, oh, my God. I didn't, know, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what, like, who was calling him or what was happening. And all of a sudden, like, well, yeah, you know, the Vi- he, like, snaps into it. Well, the Vikings defense, blah, 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 and he does 10 minutes. And then just boom, like crashes. And passes <laughs> that's <away>. amazing. <laughs> it's a pr- that's impressive. All right, pretty good. So, all right, we got to get to Ricey. Yeah. So, who wins the tiebreaker? Uh, excuse me, Rami. Rami wins it. Rami wins it. Rami wins it. Rami wins it. Oh, Steve Harvey in the house. Oh, 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 oh man! <laughs> there we go. My all right. day was made, and now oh, Rami. Man. All right, let's we'll we'll wrap with Royce here shortly. But let's talk. Welcome back. Minnesota State Fair. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami. The Beer Show is going to be up here live on stage after we're done. You can find The Beer Show <laughs> on demand at scornorth.com. All right, Pat. South Dakota State tonight. What's your, what, what's your Gophers outlook for this season? What are you, where, where are you setting the bar for, for PJ Flex hyperculture this year? Eight, eight should be the minimum with this schedule, I would think. I think they're pretty good offensively. I think they're, uh, you know, they're, you know, their offensive line. They got the monster on the right side. They've done a pretty good job putting an offensive line together. They got three uh, starting running backs. Uh, all, you know, three of the top ten or twelve running backs in the uh, Big Ten, probably. And uh, they got great wide receivers. And supposedly this tight end has got himself up to about two seventy. And he's got pretty good hands. It's another basketball player, that uh, the hyphenated kid, something fan or something. And he's six 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 seven. I think they got all kinds of weapons offensively. If they can, uh, they can play defense anywhere like they did at the end of last year. They did lose more on defense than they lost on offense. So, well, uh, but they did get Winfield Jr. back before uh, however long that lasts. I think they're good. I think they should be pretty good. And uh, I, I today, you know, people, are, I'm shocked at that. I was out at South Dakota State, and I, I was impressed with everything about it. But the, if you can get the Gophers and only give up 13 tonight, uh, you can pay off your house mortgage, I would think. This is an F, still an FCS team, and uh, you should be able to beat them by three touchdowns, I would think. Patrick, do you, do you sense that your favorite head coach has um, uh, tuned, uh, tuned it back a little bit? I, I have not seen as much PJ being PJ this uh, this summer as I feel like I did last year? Uh, I haven't read quite as much of it. I was in his presence once, and he was okay for his uh, that opening uh, session there. He, he did have to blurt out a few of his nonsensical things, but uh, yeah, I think he's uh, toned it down a little bit, but I, I wouldn't really you know, I don't follow everything he's saying you know, on that uh, you know, on, in, in in his press conferences and things like that. So, I, but I haven't noticed as much of it this year. That's, that's right. I, I have not noticed it as much. Pat, are you feeling any better about Jose Barrios after today's outing? Uh, marginally, 
uh, you know, still, uh, you know, why, when, when you got an 8 0 lead, why can't you get him seven? You know, why do you got to, why do you got to fail after six? Threw four wild pitches. Uh, you know, apparently he didn't have a real good breaking ball, but he's got an 8 0 lead and he uh, gets six. I guess he was, I guess he was okay. I, I do, uh, I would like to say that, uh, I didn't see the first eight runs they scored, but uh, I made the suggestion on Twitter that they get eight right off the bat, and they don't have Sano, and they don't have uh, Kepler, and they don't have Marwin Gonzalez. It the depth of the and, and don't mention Buxton. I don't mention him anymore. He's not he's not a fact. You're, you're not you're playing without him. Forget him. But they they're missing three of their players. They're playing with a one-man bench. They don't play Garber today, and they still go out and get nine runs, uh, ten runs, and they get eight. They've now hit more home runs on the road than any team in Major League history. Yeah, uh, 100 and, 141, I think it is now. They've won 43 games on the road, and I got yeah, but it was the White Sox. This is not uh realistic what they're doing and it's not because they're playing the White Sox. It is Correct. a phenomenal season and a phenomenal effort by this collection. And uh the the fact that you go out there today and all of a sudden Jake Cave is hitting seven home runs in two weeks. I mean uh there's something phenomenal going on here and I think people should appreciate it more than they have and keep saying, Ah, it's just the White Sox, they're playing a lousy schedule. This kid they went out and knocked the crap out of today. Dylan Cease is I've watched him pitch. He's got good stuff. He's guy he was the guy that came in the Quintana trade with uh Ibanez, and they got a big future for him, and he goes out and what the last three innings or some damn thing. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 on. one of the top he's one of the top twenty prospects, I think, in if, if you go to like MLB.com or baseball America, he's gonna be awesome. And the other argument I hear too is well, but like home runs are up across baseball, which is true, and the Twins are yes. on top of that mountain. So yes, they've hit more than anybody. They've hit more than the Yankees, who are playing in the smallest ballpark in the history of mankind. They're playing in a softball stadium, and uh, they went and got in Carnacion. Now they haven't had Stanton all year, and, they, and they've had a lot of guys hurt, but they've hit. You know what? Thirty more than the Yankees, something like that. I mean, it's, it's actually it's down. It's it's down to like it's down to like eight or nine now. But the Yankees have played, oh. I believe, two or three more games than the Twins have. Well, whatever it is, the the, the attempts to diminish this because they're playing in a the bottom three teams in the division stink uh, is ridiculous. And by the way, uh, Cleveland. Uh, beats Detroit today. They're now fifteen and one against the uh, the Tigers. So uh, uh, that's uh, the, the Cleveland's taking more advantage of that than the Twins are at the moment. Yeah. Kyle Slaughter anyway. start starts at quarterback tonight, Patrick. But it's it's because Mannion's not going to play. Are they playing so tonight? Won- we got two foot. We got two yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm telling you right now. You can go to your TV. I think it starts at six thirty. Flip it on Vikings Buffalo. You can finally watch a preseason game. Kyle Slaughter's going to start. Now, if we kick the crap out of Buffalo in an exhibition game, is everybody going to say, well, they're a weak team, and it's Buffalo? Yeah, no, or, or the Oprah. I, I don't know. I, There's a good know. start. Yeah, yeah. That, that way, Pat just brought up some great logic. If the Twins hit four home runs off of the White Sox, it's like, well, they're playing the White Sox. But if Kyle Sloter carves up a fourth-string defender <laughs> secondary guy, yes, oh, my he's God, fantastic. he's better than Kirk yes. Cousins. 
<laughs> Not to mention, you know, Mary, maybe better than aging Aaron Rodgers. We might have. <laughs> the Vikings might have two better quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers. Five first-round picks from the Colts. Kyle Slaughter can start week one. I think it's fair to say they probably do have two better, better quarterbacks than Aaron Rodgers. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right, Robbie. Uh, you, you, can, you can pretend like you're stirring up some crap, but nobody's paying any attention to you, okay? They, they know you're just saying nonsense, you know? So, that's my brand, uh, Pat. But, that's my brand. Go ahead. Go do, go do that. So, that's fine. All right, Pat. Well, we'll break down the fourth preseason game with you tomorrow. Go Make watch sure you it. Go watch the oh, old 22 before we get you on. Flip back and forth. All right. See you. Goodbye. All right. See you, Pat. We rap with Royce every day on the show. <laughs> I don't think he picked up your sarcasm there. You think he thought I was serious? Yeah, I think he was I think he was annoyed by you there. Lest anybody else thought I was serious. I was not. Kyle <laughs> oh, is bad. I tweeted it out. Oh, you did? Yeah. Then it is. Then it Mac-Lob is Yep. Slaughter better than Rogers. So it is written. Yeah, it's out there. Well, thank you all for hanging around and uh, feeding our egos. Cheryl Reeve, uh, thanks. Cheryl Reeve, that was awesome. Yeah, Cheryl Reeve was great. She's always good. You can find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts Apple, Spotify. Please give us a five star review and a rating. We would greatly appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow live from the Minnesota State Fair. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.